0: This is the Women Encouraged Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Berendrecht. We are all about growing in Christ and being shaped by His Word, and we're delighted to be sharing with you these conversations with women who love the Lord, love His Word, and are pursuing a life of faithfulness in Him. In the second half of each show, I'll be chatting with different members of our Women Encouraged team about the interview, and I'm praying that this is a place of blessing and encouragement for you. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome, friends. I'm so happy you joined us for episode 20 of the podcast. Today, I'm talking with Danielle Hitchin, creator of Catechesis Books. Danielle had this brilliant idea a few years back of introducing big concepts about God to her very small children, and that led her to design and write beautiful board books. She has developed five books so far for children, and they are such a delightful addition to any library. We'll put the link to the books in our show notes, so be sure to check them out. As always, please be encouraged to connect with us on Instagram at Women Encouraged and our Facebook community as well. Danielle and I talked today about the books, but more about the heart behind them and the importance of not being afraid to introduce deep ideas to our little ones. Every Christian parent wants their child to grow up, to fully embrace the gospel and walk with Christ, but it can be difficult to know how to start giving them a good foundation. So we hope this conversation today is helpful and encouraging for you. Well, welcome to you, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining us at the Women in Courage podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
1: I'm really excited to be on today.
0: Well, I was wondering, um, for the people who have no idea what the Baby Believer books are about. Let's, we're going to just back up a step and talk about you. So would you just share with us um, a snapshot of your life and your family, your testimony, um, anything you'd love to share with us about
1: that? Sure, yeah. So I grew up as a military kid um, and my parents came to faith when I was in early elementary school. So my, um, my Christian upbringing was a little bit hodgepodge. I grew up Baptist and then in a non-denominational church, but my real theological education, And the sort of deepest parts of my spiritual formation, I think, happened while I was in college um, where Mm -hmm. I studied studied the great books. It was in a classical education program. Um, Included amongst the great books was, of course, the Bible. Um, And then I also studied Mm -hmm. that alongside of the Church Fathers and, and the Reformation writers and thinkers. And while I was reading these texts, I really began to be drawn to the Anglican church with its roots and traditional liturgy. And I, I really especially Mm -hmm. loved and valued the emphasis on the sacraments. Um, one of the things that always stood out to me was participating, um, participating in Christ through the weekly Eucharist. And that was just brand new to me Mm -hmm. having grown up non-denominational. And I found that to be such a grace filled and life giving event each week. And I still do, um, but it was here, it was my first church experience where on a weekly basis, I really felt like there was a spiritual and emotional connection to my faith and not just a rational one. Um, so that's a little bit of background about, you know, how I came to faith, even though I would say that I came to faith as a young child, I think I really grew and rooted in my faith um, most deeply in college and, and have grown from there. Um, anyway, fast forward a few years out of college, um, you know that saying you can make God laugh by telling him your plans? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do know <laughs> but, that. that yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's my whole life. <laughs> you know, God God has closed and opened so many unexpected doors in the last decade. Like I I met and married my husband, much younger than I ever anticipated being married. Um and we've been married for uh six and a half years now. Um and then we subsequently had two children. I have a daughter and a son who are four and two. And I stay at home with them full time. And I also work from home as a, as a producer for a radio show and um, I'm the finance controller for my church. And then like, to be perfectly honest, one thing I, I never, ever thought I would be as a children's book author. So it's been a really, it's been a fun journey. <laughs> right. Okay.
0: So tell me then, how did you end up here writing these baby believer books and like what is the heart like I know the heart behind this I got the. I should probably let people know I had the great pleasure of being on the launch team for your first one and I just absolutely loved that experience I loved that I got to see this material come out into the world and celebrate it and just I've been giving it away gave it a ton away at Christmas time and I just love them but I would love everybody else to know what the heart behind these books is, and just what inspired you to create this.
1: Yeah. So um, when my when my oldest was about eighteen months old, someone asked me what I was doing, if anything, for her spiritual formation, and I thought, I guess I'm you know keeping her alive. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> was I supposed to be doing something? <laughs> um, but I started to look around for age appropriate resources for babies and toddlers, and there's really just not a lot out there that's geared towards that age group in terms of biblical and um, spiritual, spiritually formative material. So the few books I could find were Bible story based and, you know, don't get me wrong. I think Bible stories and knowing the history of God's people, who we are, where we've been, where we're going, that is so important. But for very young children, it doesn't seem to be the most effective way to introduce them to their faith. It's just, um, I don't think kids necessarily understand why these stories are important or, or why we're reading them. And so it it really occurred to me that my child could learn to count the persons of the Trinity or the fruits of the spirit just as easily as they could learn to count any other random object. One weekend, I, I sat down and I wrote a couple of Primer style manuscripts and I had some serious conversations with my husband about publishing books. And I just kind of went from there. Um, the first book was actually published via Kickstarter, and then Harvest House picked it up um, a couple of months after it had been on Kickstarter, and we relaunched it um, in October of 2017. But it's been a really it's been a really fun and, and interesting journey. Um, in terms of the heart behind the books, I I started off really just wanting these resources for myself. You know, I wanted a way to introduce substantive theology to my little ones in a way that they could categorize and retain. But along the way, I started having conversations with other parents and I realized that I was not the only person who was looking for resources like this, no. <laughs> so, and, you know, like raising kids is really hard and the spiritual formation of our kids is so important and it can be so intimidating. You know, it's hard to even know where to start sometimes. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really become my, my fervent hope and prayer that these books would be um a, a resource to parents who are looking to raise their kids up in the faith and that they would give parents the building blocks necessary for deep meaningful faith conversations with their kids.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it it seems like it's really resonating with people. Um like you if you just head over to Amazon, you can scroll through a number of very positive reviews, but um just the conversations I've had with like with family members that have received the books and really love them. I think it's, um, it's really encouraging to see. And I, I feel encouraged personally because I mean, I've got five kids and only two of them are technically toddlers um, and still my older boys like we'll have conversations about the different parts of this book that like if they're sitting and reading it to one of their sisters so one of my boys was like oh yeah these I am's and so we started talking about where they are in scripture and um, what the context of these are and so I think what you're really doing with these which I love is that you're kind of providing pegs to hang later on information on and it's just providing really good building blocks but so I guess I'm wondering, I and if you have a conversation with somebody about kind of a of an idea that that you know children aren't able to understand abstract concepts, so we shouldn't be presenting them with these deep biblical concepts. How would you encourage them to maybe think a little differently about um, the capacity of kids and and just their concerns about that?
1: Yeah, so that's um that's not a new criticism of, of the work that I'm doing. So in the classical education model, which deeply encourages critical thinking, the the first educational tier, which is traditionally called grammar and that, that encompasses most of elementary school, it's all about vocabulary. So essentially small children are sponges who absorb everything. Mm-hmm. And any parent knows this. Mm-hmm. You know, kids like to repeat things. They like big words, they like to sing songs, they're constantly acquiring new words, making new connections, asking how things work or what things are used for it's like my son's favorite question what's that and what's it used for you know and um it it really only makes sense to start teaching children foundational faith words trinity incarnation gospel beatitude i mean there's certainly no harm in giving children a theological vocabulary right right um in terms of like understanding the abstract concepts themselves, well, you know, like of course a two-year-old isn't going to understand what it means to worship a triune god. But most adults also don't fully understand that, so that's okay. You know, I mean <laughs> the point is we get to introduce kids to the three persons of who God is, and we can start talking about the the role that the, the different members of the Trinity play in their life. We have God as the creator and Jesus as the redeemer and the King and the Holy spirit is the one who sanctifies and who helps. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the I ams from first Bible basics, and that's, that's actually one of my favorite illustrations. Um, I've loved to be able to help my kids draw the connection between Jesus being the bread of life and the bread that we take during communion on Sundays. Mm -hmm. So having that language and having that visual representation of abstract concepts, it really helps to have conversations with my kids and to help them make connections that I don't think they could make otherwise. Um, but anyway, all this to say, like, I wouldn't encourage giving your children a lecture on abstract theological concepts. That's, that's going to go over their heads, but there's really like, no better place to start their theological education than by helping them build a theological vocabulary. Um, so the other thing about my books is that you, you can kind of read them at a couple of different levels. You know, if you're reading to a baby, you can just read one, one God count one and move on, you know, whereas with a toddler or preschool or even early elementary school who can sit for a bit longer, you can read the additional text on the page or talk more about, you know, what's going on on the page or what the I am's mean or what the attitude is, that sort of a thing. So yeah. the books are designed to, to grow with kids. Um, and which is one of my favorite things about them. You know, my two and four year old read them very differently because, you know, they're two and they're four, but right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I love one of the things I
0: really do love, too, is that even though it's a board book, I mean, the artwork is is very appealing. It's um it's accessible in the sense that it's not going to shut down an older kid, you know, of 10. That's like, oh, this is a baby book. Um, And th- like the artwork really is beautiful. Like, it's just really well done. Um, The lady that works with you. I can't remember her name Thanks. now. Yeah, Jessica but it's- Blanchard. Jessica Blanchard. Yes. Um, She does really good work. And I really loved, I mean, we only have the first two, the Psalms Primer and the first Bible Basics, but she just does such a beautiful job of just engaging the reader in
1: the words that you've written there. Yeah, thanks. I mean, Jess has, she's just been a tremendous gift um, to me and to this project. And Um, She's really prayerful. She's really a true partner in this work. You Mm. know, some illustrators are just hired hands. They just, you know, get the words and and draw the picture, and then they're done. But Justin and I are very collaborative in the way that we work together. Um, And one of my priorities for these books when I set out to create them was that they be beautiful. You know, I really I think that uh, God is beautiful, and He He makes things beautiful, and so we should imitate Him in that and make beautiful things.
0: It is very interesting that you bring that up because I think Christians who are all part of my life, who all love the Lord and who all have different perspectives. And yet I know every one of those parents that attends these different churches, deep down more than anything in the world, they want to impart their faith to their children. So I wanted to ask you too, we're talking about different, um, ways of creating resources and putting things together. But do you have any favorite resources that you love to use with your little ones?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, the bulk of the resources we use are musical. Um, Music has just really captured my kids. And we've found that to be a great way to introduce um, scripture. And um, one thing they've really been enjoying is just learning and singing songs from the liturgy they both love to sing like the doxology or the sanctus of the lord's prayer um they're starting to be really interested in singing songs from a hymnal they're kind of fascinated by the concept of reading music neither of them can Um, but they 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 know that there's something there and they're starting to you know memorize different hymns my son loves for all the saints um my daughter is obsessed with martin luther so we've been trying to teach her a mighty fortress is our god um, <laughs> yeah. um, and then when, one, one set of CDs we really love is the slugs and bugs sing the Bible music. Um, oh yes. That's a favorite in
0: our house too. <laughs> <They're> so <laughs>
1: wonderful. And I'm amazed at how much scripture my kids have memorized and how much scripture I've memorized. Like they've even been such an encouragement to me just to, you know, sing along with my kids in the car and um mm-hmm. i just love to do at the song um by his wounds we are healed and they sing it back and forth call and response to each other and it's so sweet and i just think like what powerful words for them to sing over and over and to have sleep deep inside of them to know by his wounds we are healed like that's something they're not going to forget even though they don't really know what that means yet you know those are such important words um in terms of books, I mean, we obviously use the Baby Believer books quite a lot because you know hundreds of hours of investment. But one resource I'm recently really excited about are the Tiny Theologians flashcards. I love those too. Um, those are the- wow. <laughs> well, yeah, they're really age appropriate. They do the same kind of vocabulary building work. Um, so yeah, those are those are kind of the big ones we use right now. But music is is the primary thing. Awesome.
0: My my little girls, especially my two year old, for some reason, she has just grabbed onto these. But um, the Dana Dirksen's um, questions and answers, I think, or questions with answers album. How, do you guys know those? I don't know that one, but I okay. Will that I'm gonna right send now. you that because um, my two year old is obsessed, and you can find them on on Spotify actually. But it's like catechism questions but the thing i love about these is that it's not just a catechism question like who is god or who made god like that's the one my daughter really loves is who made god she just sings this one over and over but the thing that i love is that it ties in a scripture verse so they're not just singing a catechism question but they're singing a scripture verse and so my two-year-old will just belt out psalm 90 verse 2 in the middle of the grocery store, right? And singing before the mountains were brought (laughs) forth from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And it's just such a beautiful thing to me that they're, they're taking in truths about who God is and you can ask them these questions and they know the answer. And sure, maybe they aren't thinking through all the theological details of the answer, but I don't tell my children, you know, say thank you when you can adequately feel thanksgiving and understand what it is you're giving thanks for and all the work that went into it you know i'm Mm -hmm, teaching them mm -hmm. to say thank you because that's the proper response and so um i really do love that that we have all these kinds of tools available to us if i can make a
1: point piggybacking off of what you were saying before um you know as i've been thinking about like the spiritual development of my own kids like i think you make a really great point about you know, how we're, we're not teaching our kids to do things because they fully understand why it's important to do them, but because they need to know it's the right thing to do. And, um, I think that, you know, for faith to stick later in life, and I know this is just something that all parents are deeply concerned about. I, I think that kids just have to have internalized those truths of scripture, and theology from a really young age and they're they're going to have to know that you know we worship jesus not just because he performs miracles or, you know, rose from the dead, but because he is fully God and fully man, he is the word made flesh. And we have to be able to have resources to give them that vocabulary, you know. And so the the music that helps memorize scripture is great for that. The tiny theologians flashcards are great for that. I mean, there are there are lots of resources out there at this point, but you know, I really want my kids to have just so deeply internalized those things that when they are older and questioning their faith, as they should do, you know, because that's just a part of growing up, that they have these things inside of them that they already know and can think about and and reprocess.
0: Yeah. I just am I am really curious about this from different people. Like I, I hear a lot of different perspectives from different people and different churches about how much do we give our kids? Our what do we rely on a lot of parents who feel just super unequipped to um pass their faith on and do it in a way that's not cheesy sure or or in a way that's not fake i guess i guess cheesy and fake i might equate those two like just getting kids to repeat back to you isn't the thing that you want you don't want them repeating stuff back um like robots until they're 18 and leave the house and then And then they just go and do whatever they want. You want that, like you said, you want that faith to stick. And so I guess it's that constant training to just encourage your children to love the standard because we love the God who created the standard, not just to repeat back the stuff we give them with no heart attached.
1: Right. Um, and, And at some point it does come down to like trusting the work of the Holy Spirit as well. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Tell me what's coming up with the uh, Baby Believer Books.
0: What's what's coming out next?
1: Yeah. So in October, uh, we are releasing our third and fourth books. There's Let There Be Light, an Opposites Primer, and that is the story of creation. And then there's From Eden to Bethlehem, an animal's primer. And that tells the story of Jesus's coming from the snake in the garden all the way through the camels at the adoration of um, the wise men. And so it goes through the, the story of the Old Testament, um, some of the prophecies in Isaiah, and then of course it tells the traditional birth narrative of Jesus, um, all from the the sort of animals' perspective as the animals appear in the story. So both of those are really fun. Um, we've got a fifth book coming out in January, but we can't make any official announcements about the, oh, okay. the title concept of that one yet. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm excited. I am just so I'm so excited to add these to our collection. So I'm really looking forward to it. Okay, so. So this last question, I try to ask everybody this. What is something that's encouraging you lately, Danielle, or something that God specifically has been using to help
1: grow you in your love of him and your love for his word? Um, well, I'm a little bit late to the, she reads truth party. Cause I realized that's been out forever, but I have only recently discovered that. And I love their study books. I think they're so wonderful. I think they're beautifully put together. Um, and it's just so nice to have the, the study notes margins. And so I, I really love the work that the the good people at she reads truth is doing are doing, um, In terms of encouragement, I have a set of scripture cards um, that has specific encouragements for moms and I cannot for the life of me figure out who makes them because they were a gift from a friend and I'm pretty sure she didn't make them. Um, But they have just like good reminders on them, especially for the days when I'm short on patience or I'm discouraged after a day of like being on top of my kids for arguing with each other. Um, the card that I keep up on my mirror right now, it says mama speak softly and it has Proverbs 15, one on it. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And it's just a good reminder to, to hold my tongue. You know, that my words have meaning. I need to practice patience with my children. Um, yeah, it's just basic and simple, godly wisdom. And it, these cards help me pause and take a deep breath and remember that I'm playing a long game in parenting. It's not about what happens at the end of my day. It's about the eternal relationships that I'm forming with my children. So, yeah, but those are the two things right now that are, have been most influential. I love that. Thank you
0: for sharing that. And I think like if, even if you can't find a set of scripture cards somewhere, I think it's just so good to write it down, mm-hmm. right? Like if if God lays a verse on your heart and think, oh, my goodness, I need to be focusing on that. Um, just write that on a three by five card and tape it somewhere. I think I've had Colossians 3, 12 to 17 taped on my kitchen cupboard for almost a year now. And I still like I still will open it up and be like, oh, yeah. I need to practice this again, or I need to pray <laughs> through this again, or something like that. And so it's such a blessing and a help. I love that, that suggestion too. Okay. Thank you again so much, Danielle, for joining us. And yes, thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for your time today and for sharing all about this. We're so excited and just really thrilled to partner with you in blessing parents and helping equip them to train their children to love the Lord. Well, Alyssa, I thought it was so fun to chat with someone who was so passionate about sharing her faith with her kids.
2: Yes, Um, it's so encouraging to me to listen to somebody who is passionate about sharing um, gospel with them and foundational truths that are going to um, just stick with our kids and be those pegs for the rest of their life.
0: Yeah, one of the things that that just kind of stood out to me was she was saying you know like obviously you're not going to give your kids a lecture on abstract theological concepts that's not something that we just we want to line up our, our little people on the couch and just like present everything to them in a way that um is going to go completely over their heads but every parent that i know they want their kids to get a grasp on what the christian faith is about and and you know as much as depends on the parent they want to impart that to their kids, and obviously this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our kids' hearts. And so, um, it's not ultimately our efforts. But I know that this is something I've been telling people. You know, it's not like it's not like I think I carry the entire burden of my kids following Christ, but I want to give them as much of Jesus as I possibly can, and I want to equip them for life, and I just love what she's doing. I think it just gives us resources to work with, and it makes me excited about finding other resources. Yeah,
2: it's so exciting. Um, I, I don't know, I'm so impressed that it wasn't something that she just wrote for her kids and left it there either, you know, um, because I was thinking about yeah. the ways that I teach my kids, and I definitely have not written a children's book about it, so... Um, <laughs> just encouraged that she really followed that through and made it available for parents because it is something that's it is just so precious to me above everything else in my life I want my children to just get little glimpses of the beauty that uh, what loving Christ is and what serving God is about and just the, the depth and width of what that means to be able to give my kids glimpses of it through a resource like hers is a really a huge gift
0: yeah so when you're thinking about imparting your faith to your kids and you know obviously we all are going to face different kinds of challenges what kind of challenges have come up and how are you practicing just overcoming those challenges when you're thinking about sharing big concepts with your little kids
2: yeah I think one of the biggest challenges for me well, there's a couple things, one of them being that I was raised in a Christian home, but I mean I there weren't a lot of resources that were uh, that we even really knew about. I mean, this was before the internet, and I'm not that old right <laughs> Like it kind of feels crazy to even say that, but there were things that I learned in Sunday school and there were things that I learned when I was in the Christian schools that my parents put me in. but beyond that, I feel like there are things that I just am not even familiar with because I wasn't taught them as a child even though I was taught so Mm -hmm. much. I mean, I was very familiar with Bible stories, um, but concepts outside of that, I don't have much understanding for, and and, or I I didn't as a new mom. And so then the second challenge is because I, at different times, in different seasons, I've got really excited about um, the big picture and uh, just the glorious truths that I was discovering for the first time and how do I make that into little cut it up into bite-sized pieces for my children right like I'm not just slapping a big steak in front of them and saying here you go like toothless and all just chew yeah. right?
1: <laughs> take <laughs> it all <Yeah>. in guys <laughs> and
2: you know I might sit there and be as a starving adult just feel like I can't get enough of that but how do I make it so that it's not overwhelming for my children and so that they do learn to love what I love and um, love the truth and the beauty and the goodness of God and um, the gospel and you know what he's done for us so anyway so that's all (laughs) a lot about the challenges but the ways that um, I have overcome it really my husband has just encouraged me so much to just start small and pick one thing and I, I, a couple of years ago, my kids and I, we haven't learned very many of the Heidelberg Catechism questions, but I did. we did sit down mm-hmm. and learn the first question and answer to that, and it took us a, probably six months of just repeating what we knew each day and then adding on maybe a few more words up to a line the next time that we would go through it and just slowly working away at it and being faithful and learning alongside of them because I hadn't had much, um, I didn't have a lot of familiarity with that. And so it was really beautiful for me to be learning it with them and not to feel scared that I don't know it and feel like I'm unqualified because I don't know that I can still teach it to them and learn it with them. No, I think it's really important to remember
0: that. And and this occurred to me yesterday, actually, I was listening to, um, some of the seeds family worship. Do you you guys do those at all? Yeah, I was listening to, I don't know, I just had it playing as I was getting the girls ready for bed, my my two youngest. And um, they really like to listen to uh, just a little playlist that we have put together. And it's just different scripture songs and stuff like that. And I, I referenced in the interview with Danielle, I talked about, the catechism songs that we love, just kind of give them those pegs of truths about God. And one of the songs that was playing was from Deuteronomy, where it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And one of the things that came up in my mind as I was listening to this was just that God isn't saying you shall teach them perfectly to your children and make no mistakes in how you teach them. He's not saying to us, you shall make sure that your children grasp these concepts and are able to articulate them you know what he's saying is you shall teach them diligently and you do it when you walk by the way when you lie down when you rise up and and that's what he's calling us to and so there is so much hope in that that god is the one who does the work he is going to complete the good work that he's begun in our children and we have great hope in that not in our own abilities to do it perfectly so i just want to make sure whenever we're talking with with people or when I'm talking with friends about this, I just want to, just like God commands his people to walk with their children and teach them and, and teach them all through the day and all through their life. God is with you in that as well. And he's the father who is walking with you and teaching you diligently and just hope and rest in him.
2: Yes. Yeah. And exactly. I, I wouldn't want anyone to look at me I mean, I don't think anybody could, but for somebody to look at me and think that what I am doing with my kids is amazing. Like it's super humble. You know, there's, there's always lots of Cheerios Mm -hmm. spilled on the floor and probably milk spilled on the table while all of these things happen. And, but yeah, the Lord is faithful. And, um, I love thinking and realizing that, um, in certain ways, if I don't know something about God's goodness or, a certain theological concept that i it's okay because i'm maybe just on that level i'm on the same level as my kids right and we can grow together in the lord and yeah so how have you overcome challenges with sharing big concept with your kids to be totally honest i think
0: one of the big things for me is repentance probably the biggest thing standing in the way between my kids and me and them understanding is just my own pride and my own Um, struggles with perfectionism and I have to regularly tell them you know I'm learning too and I want to make sure that they don't think I'm just this person way up high here with all the knowledge waiting to impart it to them when they have attained this level of perfection and um, I just want to be with them you know get low on their level in some ways and remember that um, they can While, while kids are able, like Danielle is totally right, that kids are able to take in big concepts and it's not like we have to just dumb everything down, but I need to remember their frame at the same time. And sometimes my pride doesn't remember their frame. (laughs) And so I have to confess and repent and just sometimes remember that, um, God remembers my frame and he is patient with me and I need to be patient with them. So yeah, repentance, um, repentance, and confession, and just receiving God's grace and forgiveness. That's probably the best thing that has helped me. To be totally honest,
2: yeah, I would have to say that's been a big one for me too. Is yeah, confessing and repenting of my sins in front of my kids, really. Too, yeah, right. Yeah, and just letting them know that I'm a sinner just like them.
0: That is, and I think that that goes a really long way. When I think about the parents that I know who have really passed on to their children, a love for God. And I mean, as much as you can pass on to your children, because like we said, it is a work of the Holy spirit, but kids take their parents seriously when they see them confessing and repenting. And when they see their parents also living joyfully, loving God's word, um, interacting with the Lord in prayer and, and the word and I think kids I think that makes a really big impact on a child. They take that faith seriously. They want to take part in that. It would be very hard for me to pass on my love for God if my kids never see my love for God, if they never see how I love him by obeying him, by confessing my sin, by um enjoying and taking pleasure in the forgiveness that I've received i think that would be very challenging so it actually makes me really excited in a sense to live out the christian life in front of my kids because i get excited about things i want them to get excited about things and so i remember hearing jen wilkin talk about how she probably went a little bit too over the top most of the time and her husband had to be like let's take it one concept at a time and (laughs) and she's just like i just want to tell you all the things So um, I probably stray too far that direction where I'm like, let's talk about systematic theology or like, you know, (laughs) let's talk about, let me explain to you the scope of Christian history here. And I am more guilty more often than not of trying to to give them too much um, rather than, I don't know, withholding or something or not telling them enough, I guess. Probably I err on the side of overloading Mm. my
2: kids and having their eyes glaze over. Right. So in that vein, then, you know, talking about sharing and big concepts with your kids, how do you work in teaching your children faith concepts? What does that look like in your home?
0: I think it takes on a couple of different shapes. One of the things that I think is very common is to give out really big chunks of information in the middle of correcting sin. And I think that that those moments when you're correcting sin and trying to lead your children to repentance, those are moments where it's very appropriate to give your kids the gospel. And that's what I've been trying to practice in my life. Um, But I don't think that in those moments, it's necessarily the right time for me to be giving them really big concepts. Um, I think that those big concepts are better worked in just in the day-to-day walking by the way, kind of these opportunities when you face something like you know the kid down the street who totally disrespected his mom, or you know a person in your life that you need to love or, and see as made in God's image. I think that those moments often are are really prime opportunities for for bringing in the big ideas and really talking about the fundamentals of Scripture of who God is and how He wants us to relate to Him. And I think it just takes a a lot of wisdom that. I have to exercise in really measuring the moment and deciding what is appropriate to bring into that. And so one other way though, that I think I've really enjoyed bringing in concepts that might be more outside of the walking by the way kind of opportunities is we have something we call circle time and we try to do it every day at lunch where I read scripture and we also do, um, read through the New City Catechism just a question or two a day, and we talk through that, and we talk about what these big words mean, and how those apply to our lives, and how we, how we understand the Catechism in terms of the Scripture. And that's been just a really good teaching tool to have that planned opportunity for sitting down and discussing these concepts. So how about you guys? What does your family do? How do you work in um, teaching these concepts to your, to your kids?
2: Yeah, well, I was loving what you say what you were saying, just taking those opportunities that come up in everyday interactions with your kids to um just plant little seeds, right? And one thing that's come that's been really big for me is when my kids wake up in the middle of the night and they've had a nightmare and they're scared to go back to bed and they're scared of everything that's around them. And, you know, just praying with them and quoting scriptures with them so that they have things, they have verses that are just foundations in their heart for when they wake up in fear in the night, that they can pray them and just ask the Lord to help them to put that fear to death in them and to help them to trust in Christ. And, you know, I love that you actually brought up circle time too, because we do that too. Um, In our house, we do it after breakfast because sometimes it's hard to squeak in. My boys still go down for a nap right after lunch. and So I like to do it after breakfast when everybody is really fresh and they just have lots of energy. And sometimes it feels a little crazy, but that's when we kind of sit down and I'm really excited. I ordered the New City Catechism to start going through with my kids this fall and just read a little bit about it and was researching it. Um, this August for my kids, and I'm so excited because the question and answers are something that I am looking so forward to going through with my kids and um, talking with them about and just working through that. I do
0: love the New City Catechism, but I will say this, that I was sad that they shortened the question one, um, and so I did what you did, and I taught my kids the the Heidelberg question one, because I think it is so rich and so beautiful and foundational to the Christian life and the understanding of, of who God is, how we relate to Him, and our security in Him. And, you know, for parents that Like, you and I, we both homeschool, and I have a different kind of a homeschool setup than you do because your kids are a little younger than mine. Um, We have some kids that are the same ages, but um, we do homeschool as well, but I do have boys that are in online classes, and so our mornings, one of the reasons that we do circle time in the afternoon is because our mornings are very full of boys in their online classes with their teachers, and so I still wanted to have that time and, like, really guard and protect a time when i was able to connect with my kids and impart goodness and beauty to them in those moments but i know that other parents have very different lifestyles too like some you know if your kids go to school then that's not going to be as easy necessarily to work in but i know parents that you know they are driving their kids to school in the morning and in that time they're listening to scripture or when somebody's reading scripture Aloud, and they're talking about things. And I think that those are moments when you can really create those opportunities for imparting goodness. And even if you don't have a long drive to school, if, if you have time in the afternoon when everybody gets home and you just gather around, I know parents that do this as well. You know, that time when everybody collects at home around the table, they grab some cookies and they just sit there and they talk about, talk about their day. They talk about what God is doing and, um, I just, I really admire that because I know that you have to be intentional. You really have to plan opportunities to impart your faith because it's not going to happen accidentally.
2: Yeah, I love that you brought up doing it at different times of the day because I know that not everybody homeschools. And I think it's just important to find one time of day that works for your family schedule. Maybe it's at supper time. Often when my husband is home, um, we've had some really precious conversations with our kids just after supper. He'll open the Bible and he'll just read a little bit. Um We, you know, now that our kids are a little bit older and their attention spans are a little bit longer, we can read a little bit more, but for a long time, it was like four or five verses before everybody just had the wiggles and we needed to get on with bedtime. But, you know, there's just, there are, it, there's just something precious.
0: I just think, I think that's so special. And I really, I that is something that is very precious to me as well as that, when my husband is home and we're, we're finishing up dinner, that's just become part of our, our liturgy, if you will. Like that is part of finishing dinner. We, we haven't finished dinner unless dad reads the Bible. And we always um, let somebody pick a song that, that we know by heart and Mm. we finish that up and some families call that family worship it's probably not deep enough for other families to call it family worship but it is a very precious time to me and it's it's such an important part of our day I feel like we cannot finish the day unless we've had that and so even if Alex is Mm. gone I still feel like I have to lead in that because otherwise the day feels incomplete you know
2: yes yeah I know it's just such a special time for us and Another time that I will often, if my husband is away, right after bedtime can be, or right after bedtime, I mean, when my husband is works away a lot, um, right after supper can sometimes be a little bit hectic for us. And so often I will just try to get a little bit of time in right before they go to bed. And I think the important thing is, is that, you know, it's it's not even, it's not a long amount of time. I just often remember... So many times in the Psalms, David entreats the reader to tell your children what the Lord has done for you. I love the Lord and I love knowing his word and I love teaching it to my kids. And so I think, um, you know, when, when we love those three things, then there's just lots of little pockets of time that we can find to teach them the gospel and to continue sharing our faith with them. What do you what do you expect from your kids? What is an appropriate amount of participation when you're teaching them throughout the day? I think it
0: yeah, I think it depends on the situation and scenario, but I do when we're having circle time, we have a we have a particular order that we go in. So, we always start with um the doxology, then we read scripture, we um do whatever scripture memory we're working on at that time and what that looks like is I read through the verses that we're memorizing and as we do this on a regular basis whatever section of scripture I will read it and then as they're able to start saying it with me they just join in and I think that that has been a really good method it's it's really worked for the last several years I think I've been doing this since I would say since our second was a baby and Jordan was talking um like our oldest was talking because it seemed like just having just saying it to him and having it say it back to me didn't always work and you know how it's like okay you didn't get it right let's try it again but when i'm doing it the same way every time he starts to hear it it becomes part of his memory and then he's able to join in and i've loved doing this method because it has helped um me to see the progress that they've made it's very encouraging to me personally so we do that and then after that um we sing together and then we'll pull out the catechism we do um the new city catechism like i said one or two questions talk about them for a few minutes and it this sounds like it takes a really long time but it really doesn't and um after that i will read a story from something and i My rule has always been that if I'm reading scripture um, or if we're reciting together, you need to be attentive. You need to be sitting up. Um, You can't be like flapped all over the floor or like hanging upside down on the couch or something like that. But as soon as we get to something where it's not giving attention to God's word or to sing and worship, then once we're reading a story or reading um, something that's, more literature-based or something like that, then they can get comfortable, like find a spot on the floor, grab some more pillows. If they color, that's a great time for that too. If they're going to draw a picture of the story, that's one of their favorite things to do actually. So I think um, the amount of participation that I've required has just depended on what we're doing in that particular moment, but they all know now what they're allowed to do, when they're allowed to do it. And so it's just become a part of the family culture that, you know, when you're when we're reading the Word, you give attention. And when it's not God's Word, it's okay to relax mm. quite a lot. And just, you know, if you want to flap on the floor, right. then perfect. So I've, I've been trying to keep it, you know, like, yeah, honor the Word of God. But I just don't want to have really stringent um, requirements for stuff like sitting and listening to a story, you know?
2: No, and I love that.
0: So how does that look at your house?
2: I we have similar rules um I always ask that my kids sit at the table and they sit up when we're listening when they're listening to God's word um sometimes I've actually been doing the read through your bible challenge and so my oldest has actually started to request that we just listen to that while we're eating breakfast and um so often we do we just listen to it and um I think it's just so beautiful to have God's words in our ears while we're eating our food and then afterwards I will read a little bit and I ask that they sit at the table and they listen but then they are once we move on to other things and we're we're reading other things they're allowed to the little kids will often just have little toys that they're playing with and um, the older ones might pull out their coloring pages while they're listening to whatever I'm reading. And then I'll have, once they can say a few words, I usually will have them ask a question and I'll just have them repeat the answer back to me and only the first few times. And then after that, it's pretty, it's, it's always right away that they can repeat it back to me. And, um, yeah, it's not anything that's super, you know, we don't it's not a super emotional time. It's not, it doesn't even really feel very spiritual if you're thinking about like quiet music in the background. And for me, it it doesn't feel very spiritual. It often feels like I'm having to fight through the temptations that my kids are facing just to be loud or to be, um, rude and not to give respect to God's word. And, So it it doesn't have it's not a hallmark card thing at the table every morning, you know. Like I was saying earlier, (laughs) there's often a lot of spilled stuff on the floor and mess on the table, and it's real lifey. But we're you know we're just coming and we're yeah, it's very real life. (laughs) So that's so great. Yeah.
0: Um, one of the things that I forgot to mention that I I want to bring up that is that when we do circle time, a big part of that is actually prayer. Um, we do spend time praying together and we have a couple missionaries that we pray for regularly. And so that tries, we try to make that part of our prayer for them um, kind of gets worked into circle time. But also I like to take prayer requests for them and ask them, how can I pray for you? And I think that also gets them thinking about what they need spiritually, but also what they're struggling with. And it, that's been a really Beautiful thing to add into our life is just having those conversations with each other in front of each other, and and that's another thing is I have a couple of kids who will just be like I don't need anything, and I'm just saying I know you do, Mm -hmm. so let's you know it's okay to say hey I need prayer for this because we all live with you, we know that you're struggling with that thing too, and sometimes. I've seen some great growth in those kids when they've been willing to say, yeah, I'm struggling with this particular sin, or I need to love somebody this way. And um, and to acknowledge that and to be prayed for, I think that is a really beautiful thing to work into your family culture. So I would love to hear some of your favorite faith-based resources
2: for kids. Um, one that I'm actually really loving right now and... I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called the Jesus is Better podcast with Alicia Yoder. Um, No. And the tagline is, oh, oh my goodness. I love it. It's uh, Bible stories with gospel joy. And so she has been reading. She doesn't read through the actual text. It's not a dramatization in any way. She mostly just narrates what's happening in a particular Old Testament story and then she points out the ways where, uh, you know, maybe Moses reflected Jesus in his actions and where the Israelites went wrong, um, you know, maybe the consequences of the Israelites complaining towards God. And mm-hmm. then at the end, she always points everything in the Old Testament. How She shows the kids how the Old Testament points towards Jesus and how it was all, this whole story is just the expectant waiting of our Savior to come to earth. And she always invites wow. the kids at the end of each one. She prays with them and invites them to join her in loving Jesus and serving him. And it is it is amazing. I cannot tell people, I, I feel like if I haven't told you about this, I haven't done a very good job about telling people about this because... My kids love it and we listen to it. I'll download episodes and they've listened to it in the car when we're running errands or, you know, during the day if I don't want to put a movie on, but the kids are just, they don't really want to be outside anymore. They're just a little worn out and they need some quiet time. They'll color and listen to a couple of these. And it is just a fantastic resource for kids that's, you know, it's not something that you have to read to them. Um, It's not something that they have to read. They just get to listen and... Um, I think that it's really giving my kids some good, great familiarity with Old Testament principles in a way that it is. It's just good, solid teaching that's cut up into bite-sized pieces for your kids, and we really love it in our house. That is so cool!
0: I am really excited to hear about this. I'm like, I'm going to leave this conversation and go
2: look this up right away. I'm excited about this. Yeah. What about you? What are your favorite resources for your kids?
0: And we have a few that I really love. I know everybody's really into the Jesus Storybook Bible and I that's a that we do have that, but I think the one that I love is the Big Picture Story Bible. And it has been such a such a big part of our family since actually our third boy was born, somebody gave it to me as a baby shower gift and I have loved it ever since and as soon as our kids could read, they would just grab it and start reading through it and I think that it's been very formative for them in a lot of ways. I think it just does a great job of drawing the big picture from the beginning of Scripture to the end and really showing who Scripture is about. And I've just really loved that this has been part of our family. Um, Another one that we got really into when um, our friends gave us the Seeds family worship CDs for Christmas one year, like all of them, just as this big, beautiful gift to us. And we have loved those. They've been great, really good way to pass scripture on. I grew up doing Awana, and I love that. I really treasure those memories. But um, right now, we just haven't been able to work that into our family schedule right now. And so we've been um, doing a lot more scripture listening to singing and um i think music has been a great way to bring scripture into family and so there's that seeds family worship music slugs and bugs is great too um
2: yeah we love our, slugs our boys and love those slugs and yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and our girls lately have really latched on to um the questions and answers albums with dana dirksen and There's another song that one of my girls really loves, and it's by the Lockwoods. And so they have this album called Honey for the Heart, and it's scripture and stuff like that. And um, Audrey, I just love hearing her little two-year-old voice singing, I know that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, whom I have from God, and I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. And my heart just melts every time I hear her just singing away while she's playing. It just makes me so happy that this is, you know, that this is what's going in their ears and down into their hearts and it's becoming part of them and uh, for my older boys now that they're growing and they're you know my oldest is going to be middle school um, I think that it's been just really fun and exciting to me to read the book Trial and Triumph with them and we read a chapter out of this Every so often, like a couple times a week, it's just encouraged them that they're part of something bigger. So Trial and Triumph is a book with short stories from cr- church history, focusing on um, specific figures from church history. So um, anyone from Augustine to Charlemagne to um, Alfred the Great, like all the way to modern times with like C.S. Lewis. And, um, you know, it's just been really neat to encourage them in their faith that, you know, they're part of something bigger. They're, they're actually a piece of God's big story. And, in in a lot of ways, it's, I feel like I'm passing on their family history to them and I get to grow and be encouraged in the process. So that's been a real gift to me. And so I'm excited to just continue this journey with them and, and to grow along with them. And I was really grateful for just the role that Danielle has played in our family as well just bringing these these books into our life and getting to share these these big concepts with my kids has been such a gift
2: yeah i know i actually like right after i listened to your conversation i i went and ordered her books and i pre-ordered the books that i couldn't order already because i'm just so excited to read through them with my kids and for them to get to learn good truths in a way that is understandable for them
0: Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them to him, saying, Let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Luke 1815 16 Mark 10 also tells us that he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. As parents and as disciples of Christ, we have the great privilege and responsibility of bringing our children to Jesus, knowing He wants them close to Him. And at times, we can face anxiety over the different ways we might be failing at this or even hindering our children's faith. But we serve a faithful, loving Father whose steadfast love is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children. We share Christ with our children in many ways when we share with them our own love for Him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Deuteronomy 6 5-7 The command He's given us is to teach our children diligently, which seems sometimes like an impossible task. But Psalm 103 also encourages us that as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. And in Isaiah 40:11, we're comforted that he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And so, we fear the Lord, love his word, and place all our hopes for our children securely in the hands of a faithful, compassionate Father who gently leads us even as He holds our children close.